Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Hi, everybody. It's Thursday. Millions in Florida waking up to catastrophic damage from Ian. Yeah, the full impact being revealed as the sun rises this morning. It is September 29th. This is today. Path of destruction, massive flooding and power outages as Ian barrels across Florida, crashing ashore as one of the strongest hurricanes to ever hit the state. All of a sudden, I felt something and then heard like a train coming right to the house. Nearly three million people in the dark, the devastating storm surge leaving entire neighborhoods underwater. Homes and cars floating down streets. This hospital swamped from above and below, losing part of its roof, its ground floor flooded. Crews still carrying out emergency rescues on land and at sea. We're live across the state with complete coverage and what millions need to know as the threat moves up the East Coast. Get out, the urgent security alert for all Americans in Russia to leave the country immediately. And the new warning that anyone there with dual citizenship could be drafted into the Ukraine war. We'll have the very latest. Breast cancer battle, well wishes pouring in for Katie Couric this morning after she revealed her diagnosis. Thank you all for your support. Just ahead, her decision to speak out and what she wants all women to know. Those stories plus historic blast. Yankee superstar Aaron Judge crushes his record-tying 61st home run of the season, cementing his place among baseball royalty. Today, Thursday, September 29th, 2022. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb. Live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Good Thursday morning. So happy you're joining us uh, today. Good to see you. Yeah, the mm-hmm. sun's coming up in Florida, yeah. and we're getting a closer look now at the widespread devastation left behind by Ian. Yeah, there are two major concerns right now there. The flooding, of course, and the power outages. Nearly three million people across the state woke up this morning and could not turn the lights on. No electricity. Ian made landfall yesterday as a major Category 4, packing 150-mile-an-hour winds and causing massive storm surges across Florida. Is Gulf Coast. So right now, Ian is making its way east toward the eastern side of Florida. We have a, a live look at some of the conditions going on. This is Orlando. And while the storm did weaken overnight, it still remains a serious threat. Yeah, it's a rain story there. And then once Ian heads away from Florida, it is expected to then curve back toward the Georgia-South Carolina coastlines, impacting millions across the South in the coming days. Yeah, we got it all covered for you this morning. We're going to start off with NBC's Sam Brock. He is in Venice, Florida. That's just north of where Ian made landfall. Hi, Sam. What's the assessment this morning? Hoda, good morning. This is catastrophe in the clearest possible terms, and we're only getting a glimpse of it right now. Look behind me. This used to be a dozen or so homes burned to a crisp, but I'm seeing people, Hoda, walk up to this site and their jaws are dropping as they're seeing this for the first time. One couple told me 
This was my retirement right here. Now, you mentioned I'm in Venice. At 2 a.m., they began search and rescue efforts. Their hands were tied, first responders for a period of time, because it was just too dangerous. Now they're going block to block, but they warned me that power lines, depending upon where you're standing, are either alive or dead. They're not sure, so they're being very, very careful with respect to that. In East Naples, 30 rescue missions yesterday, as right now, the efforts right now are in full throttle to help those impacted by Ian. It's devastation that was predicted, but the grim reality of this storm's raw power defies imagination. Ian, now a tropical storm, hit the coast as a fierce hurricane, shredding homes apart in Placida, Florida, tearing off roofs and splintering trees, while in the Tampa area, extreme winds causing this tree to crash through a home. In one of the hardest hit areas, Fort Myers, there were storm surges nearly seven feet high. Nearly double the previous record more than 20 years ago. Oh my God. The massive surge of water leaving entire communities completely underwater. You want me to come out? Roads looking more like the ocean for block after block. Ian packed catastrophic 150 mile an hour winds, knocking out power to more than 2 million customers. We have seen a life-threatening storm surge, uh, as was predicted. Uh, we've also seen major flooding that's going to rank as one of the top five hurricanes to ever hit the Florida Peninsula. This team of emergency responders unable to respond. A massive wall of water swamping their fire truck. Now we have a truck issue and the guys are pushing the truck out of the bay. In Port Charlotte, hospital staff working through the storm to protect patients. Other first responders struggling to help those in need, unable to start rescues until after life-threatening conditions subsided. Despite repeated warnings to leave, some people did not or could not evacuate. They found themselves stranded by a 12-foot storm surge. Mark and Elizabeth live in an apartment in Venice Island, Florida, but at the last minute grabbed their air mattresses and hunkered down in this Sarasota office when her boss offered it to them. Here you are with air mattresses in an office space. Your home is... 50 or 100 miles away, but you consider yourselves lucky. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We are. Yeah. Is that because you're safe from the storm? Yes, yes, because somebody helped us. Others stayed behind in the flood zone, trying to help those who were unable to leave. And I wanted to help the people in here because they're good people here in paradise. This morning, the destruction left behind by this massive blow from Mother Nature is just starting to come into focus. And Hoda, this morning there are a lot of people fascinated by and trying to figure out what happened in Tampa Bay where the water appeared to be sucked out. It's a phenomenon called negative storm surge, which is to say that hurricanes have winds that go in a counterclockwise motion. So the ones on the northern side of the eyewall were pulling the water out of Tampa Bay and into the Gulf of Mexico. And all you were looking at really was sand. But officials really want people to know that water can refill in a matter of minutes when the wind changes. So don't go in there. Back to you, Hoda. All right, Sam Brock for us there in Venice. Sam, thanks. Yeah, conditions can change in a split yeah. second. The water has finally stopped rising in Fort Myers, but this morning the impact mm. of the catastrophic flooding there is being felt across the city. And joining us now, Fort Myers Mayor Kevin Anderson. Mr. Mayor, good morning. We're glad to have you on the phone with us this morning. Have you been able to assess damage? I know it's still early there. What's your sense of, of how bad it was? Uh, it, we haven't had a full assessment, obviously, with the sun just coming up, but it is uh, pretty bad. I'm, I'm standing on a floating concrete dock. I'm down in the river district of downtown. 
The problem is the dock is in the middle of an intersection, a block, two blocks away from the water. This is about a, a piece of a, a concrete that weighs a ton, and it was moved this far away. That shows you how powerful the waters were last night. I know one of the things that's most concerning in a moment like this is what happened to the people who decided to stay or who were left behind. Have you guys been able to conduct rescues? Do you know how many people are still out there and in need of your help? We, um, we would estimate several dozen people who stayed behind were in need of some assistance. Uh, our teams have been working on that. Um, uh, I'm happy to report at this time I've been not I haven't been told of any any loss of life in the city. Now, keep in mind, we have a metropolitan area, and there may be some outside, but inside the city, there's been no reports, to my knowledge. Fort Myers more or less took a direct hit, Mr. Mm-hmm. Mayor. What's your sense of how this compares to other storms uh, that Fort Myers has experienced? I, uh, I came here in the mid-'70s. I was on the police department for almost 25 years, saw a lot of storms here. This is by far the worst storm I have ever witnessed. The, uh, the watching the water from my, my condo in, in the heart of downtown, watching that water rise and just flood out all the stores on the first floor, um, it, it was heartbreaking. Boy, for Mayor, for you who's been there uh, all those years and seen so many storms come and go to, to take a direct hit. So what is the plan now like walk us through what will happen this morning and the days ahead so the, the first thing we need to do is make sure the roads are passable and they're safe we do have a curfew a curfew in place for the next uh, uh, 48 hours until we get a handle on everything once we get the roads cleared you know fp and l will start working on the the electricity um our teams will be out there going through the neighborhoods trying to make sure people are safe, um, getting assistance, anyone who needs it. Uh, we'll start working on getting the other utilities up and functioning, getting cleaned up. Uh, we've gotten some great support pledged by uh, the president and, and the governor. Um, so I think um, I'm optimistic. It's going to be a long recovery, but nonetheless, we're going to recover because Floridians are very resilient. They are indeed. Mr. Mayor, thank you so much. Kevin Anderson of Fort Myers. You know it's going to be a busy day, so we thank you for your time. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Let's turn now to Bill Karens. He's been tracking the path of destruction, where it's heading and what it's left behind. Hey. Yeah, good morning. yeah, you can see the, you know, the catastrophe that we've left behind from the storm surge and from the peak winds. Now we're still dealing with what's left of the storm, and that's a lot of rain. And we've had a lot of problems overnight. Water in a lot of places it shouldn't be in central Florida, Kissimmee especially, north of Orlando, Seminole County, Daytona Beach has it rough. 70-mile-per-hour wind gusts still coming onshore. There's a two- to three-foot storm surge in northeast Florida right now, so we're concerned about that. And as we take the storm up the coast, the Hurricane Center thinks yeah, it may actually intensify a little bit over the warm waters of the Gulf Stream here, getting almost up to a hurricane again before a landfall tomorrow afternoon somewhere in South Carolina, all the way down possibly Hilton Head, Savannah, maybe even as far north as Georgetown in the Myrtle Beach area. So that's what we're going to be watching. Then it should rain itself out over the high terrain there of North Carolina by the time we get through the weekend. So the concerns today will be the storm surge. Four to six foot here in this area from northeast Florida right through the Jacksonville area. That's going to be a big concern, especially near where the St. John's River comes out there near the Jacksonville area. The wind gust shouldn't be too bad today. Shouldn't do too much damage until that second landfall Friday afternoon. Back to you guys. 
All right, Bill, thank Thanks, you. And Bill. as we've come on the air, President Biden has officially declared the state of Florida a major disaster. Mm -hmm. So that opens up funding mm -hmm. and a lot of uh, help, hopefully, mm -hmm. today. NBC Nightly News anchor Lester Holt wrote out the storm overnight in Bradenton, just south of Tampa Bay. Homes there flooded. The area's airport badly damaged, too. Lester, good morning. Uh, the view from where you sit. Well, Savannah, I went out to, with my trusty flashlight a little while ago surveying the immediate area around us. There appears to be no major damage here. We uh, spoke and heard uh, from the mayor of Sarasota a while ago. He was venturing outside his home for the first time, saw plenty of damage. He's not aware of anything catastrophic, but certainly during the night, we could hear this thing howling, ultimately dying down. Now the rain has stopped and we're feeling relative breezes after what we saw and uh, went through yesterday, but uh, we're all okay. Yeah, difficult night for a lot of people, uh, Lester. A lot of people spent the night in shelters. I'm sure they have tons of concerns about their homes. Uh, what are you hearing from them? Yeah, we went to a uh, shelter a few hours before the eye wall uh, came ashore and talked to people who made that choice. Uh, they had heard, heard the predictions. A lot of them thought it was a no-brainer, immediately went into shelters. We talked to officials there who were very concerned that while they did have a number of people, they didn't have nearly as many as they expected. And that's why there's a bit of trepidation this morning. As the sun comes up here, you heard it uh, from one of the other mayors, the sense of what they're going to find now in the light of day in some of these neighborhoods. One couple we talked to said they lived in a, a, a trailer home. Very worried, obviously, about their neighborhood, the vulnerability. They decided to get out, but so many of their neighbors did not. So that will be the big focus today, trying to get to those folks who wrote it out and make sure they're okay. Mm -hmm. All right, Lester, thank you. And of course, we'll see you tonight on Nightly News from Florida. I mean, bears repeating, this is in the top five yeah. of strongest storms ever to hit the U.S. But yeah, that's an incredible statistic. And as Bill mentioned, the worst of Ian now passing through central Florida, seeing some heavy rain, strong winds hitting Orlando. Blaine Alexander is there. Blaine, good morning. What are you seeing? Well, Hoda, I don't have to describe the wind to you because you can see it right here in our live shot. Every now and then a gust will come that'll just really knock us off balance. But it's truly the rain that officials are concerned about this morning in Orlando. And of course, the increasing reports of flooding here in the area. Already this morning, parts of the Florida Turnpike have been shut down because of flooding. A stretch, several mile stretch has been shut down. But that's officials say that they're seeing more and more uh, water rescues, cars that are getting just swept away by water. I want to show you this incredible video that actually came from our West 2 affiliate. A reporter, Tony Atkins, was out reporting this morning. He had to help save a woman whose car was swept away by the floodwaters. You can see it right here in this video. He goes up and puts her on his back to carry her to safety. She told him that he, she was a nurse who was just driving to work when her car was swept away, and he was able to fortunately get her and get her to safety. But unfortunately, guys, we're getting more reports of, uh, of rescues like that taking place throughout Orlando. We understand that officials are going into some homes and some neighborhoods and trying to get people to safety. Also, uh, portions of a highway have been shut down and they've had to try and rescue people who were stranded in their car and an on-ramp. Now, keep in mind that this rain is going to continue for several hours more. We've already seen uh, a record total here, about 12 inches of rain uh, across Orlando, some points as high as 16 inches. That's more than double the amount of rainfall that this area usually sees in an entire month. And we saw that just in a 24-hour period. So, guys, that's why officials are urging people to stay off of the road, stay inside, if at all possible, because they only expect those flood warnings to continue throughout the day. Guys, back to you. 
All right, Blaine, thank you. I mean, hats off to that West reporter for helping that uh, that nurse. But hats off to that nurse who was getting in her car and driving to work to help people. So, wow. Incredible sight. There. Yeah. He puts her on his back. I mean, incredible. incredible. Wow. We're helping the helper. Yep. Man. All right. Let's welcome in Craig. Hey, Craig. Hoda, Savannah, good morning. Good morning to you as well. Obviously, the storm has brought air travel across much of Florida to a total standstill this morning. That is having a ripple effect for passengers all over the country. NBC's Tom Costello is at Reagan National Airport with that part of the story. Tom, good morning. Good morning, Craig. I just checked. 2,000 flight cancellations right now nationwide, but the vast majority are flights going into or out of Florida, as you would expect. And as Ian continues to move up the East Coast, we expect flight cancellations and airports to close in Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, as the storm tracks north. Nothing brings travel to a standstill like a hurricane. In a time-lapse Flight Radar 24 capturing the mostly empty skies over Florida, with only a handful of commercial flights staying out of harm's way, hugging the East Coast into and out of Miami. The FAA status map showing closed runways and airports from Key West to Naples, Sarasota to Tampa, to Orlando and Melbourne and Daytona Beach leaving behind the few travelers who didn't get out in time. We need everyone to go over to the middle of the food court area Yeah. because the airport's closing now Yeah. and we're not set up as a shelter. In Orlando, Brittany and Paul Inglesby and their baby unable to get home to Rochester. You have a little kid with you. He takes top priority, so when he starts running low on stuff, that's when it gets kind of terrifying. Tampa International tweeting video of the last flight out before closing down Wednesday, leaving behind some British tourists who were unable to catch an early flight home. Had a lovely holiday, um, but then we were um, evacuated from the uh, beach area. So we're here at least until Friday. All the hotels are full. On Wednesday, more than 2,100 flights canceled nationwide, with most airlines waiving change or cancellation fees at least through Friday. This morning, Tampa International remains empty. Managers plan to assess the condition of the runways and terminal, then set a reopening timeline. CEO Joe Lapano. I know you've got to do a full evaluation today of the condition of the airport and the runways. How soon do you think you might open? There's a lot that has to take place once we assess the airfield. So we think the earliest we could open is a Friday. Okay, so that's Tampa. Keep in mind, Tampa was really uh, spared in the storm. We're watching Orlando closely to see how they are impacted by the incredible amounts of water. I just checked, by the way, Jacksonville technically is open despite that storm, but about 90% of flights canceled. So just because technically they're open, nothing's going into Jacksonville. Atlanta is also experiencing flight cancellations. Charlotte, too. Guys, back to you. All right. Tom Costello for us there at Reagan National. Tom, thank you. As that storm moves up the coast, mm-hmm. we also got to wonder, as it hits Georgia, South Carolina, the ripple effect it's going to have on travel there as well. Yeah, let's bring in Bill Karens. Bill, you said this thing was going to hit hard. It did. And yeah. now it's kind of on the way out of tropical storm now. Yeah, and it may get back up to a hurricane. I yeah. mean, we still have some issues, and rain will be the issue up into the mid-Atlantic and into areas of the southeast. So here's the storm exiting the Space Coast. It crossed, took about 16 hours to cross the Florida Peninsula. But look at these rainfall totals. Anywhere from South Carolina, all of North Carolina, much of Virginia, this is four to eight inches of rain. Isolated totals up to a foot. So additional flash flooding in the next two days as we watch. Ian, 
as a tropical storm heading for the Carolinas in the coming days. And still to come next half hour, we're going to talk about the storm surge threat in the Jacksonville area. It's going to be an interesting explainer about the river and the storm surge. And uh, stay tuned. All right. We look forward to that. Thank you, Bill. And again, we'll have more on Ian's wrath just ahead, including the heroes and the helpers. They're stepping up in, in a big way to help people cope and recover from this storm. Yeah, we need the helpers right now. Mm -hmm. And then our friend Katie Couric revealing she has been privately battling breast cancer for months. So she's sharing her diagnosis now, talking about her treatment. And she has a really important message she wants every woman to hear. But first, this is Today on NBC. At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product, services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash today. Just go to Indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash today. Conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You were? Yeah. Oh my gosh. You know, just what a moment. Uh, that was in Jacksonville overnight, and you can see a local reporter was right there when the winds so intense caused that shopping center sign to come crashing down. She was getting ready to go live. They got the shot, yeah. but it really demonstrates the power of this that's storm. That's exactly right, yeah. You know, one of the things that, that's always striking is when storms like this hit. As you talk about all the time, the helpers really show up mm -hmm. in mass this time. Even before Ian made landfall, people stepped up to help. Yeah, and this morning we are seeing these remarkable stories play out. Just neighbors helping neighbors. NBC's Carrie Sanders is right there in hard-hit Punta Gorda. Hey, Carrie, good morning. Well, good morning. You know, over my shoulder here, you can see the incredible power of Hurricane Ian. But now comes, as we've already seen, the selfless power of people. Slamming into Florida overnight, Hurricane Ian left communities like Sanibel Island underwater, damaged, and in the dark. Florida's Gulf Coastline bearing the brunt of the storm. The wind and rain so dangerous in Punta Gorda, I had to grab onto this street sign just to stay on my feet. Cape Coral also severely impacted by Ian, making it difficult for emergency crews to reach those who did not evacuate. 
the minute that the winds subside to below 45 uh, miles an hour, our crews are going to be responding out there, um, clearing the roads to make sure that our first responders can uh, can get to those individuals that are trapped in their homes and in their vehicles. Through all of the uncertainty, we're going to keep moving in all the affected areas. Neighbors, friends, even complete strangers doing whatever they can to help. Rescues onshore and on land, some even crossing state lines to pitch in. We had all these power workers, these line workers, from all these different states. I saw them from Texas, Louisiana. New York's National Guard sending two heavy lift helicopters and a contingent of soldiers to assist with rescue efforts. The Coast Guard assembling a small armada of ships for offshore rescue missions. In hard-hit Naples, firefighters helping a woman escape floodwaters. But the fire department also thanking local jet skiers for helping out, writing, sometimes we need a ride to the rescue ourselves. In Bonita Beach, one good Samaritan braving the elements to save a cat trapped outside on an air conditioner. In St. Petersburg, staff at a botanical gardens hunkering down with flamingos to see them through the storm. As we're standing here on this street, just a short distance from where I am, you can see from this drone video, as the light is beginning to show, we can take a look at some of the damage in the neighborhood here. This is uh, off, just off US 41 along a street called Easy Street. So this has not been easy for anybody. And the proof of that is to show those who worked through the storm. This is at one of the local hospitals here in Charlotte County. This is a doctor wading through the water that filled portions of the hallways there. And then you can see in this other image at uh, the Fawcett Hospital uh, what it was really like. Uh, I think the message there, head on a swivel. Uh, guys, there's going to be a lot of efforts with cleaning up, but really it is the first daylight for people to assess how bad this was and where the worst damage is. And of course, whether those who are out there, volunteers, neighbors, etc., whether they can safely help those who need the help right now on top of what the emergency officials are doing, guys. Yeah, Carrie, thank you. That drone footage, I think, yeah. was the first time we've actually seen what a neighborhood yeah. looks like yeah. after the storm went through roofs, ripped off. Yeah. Uh, real difficult times for folks there. And you do think about those first responders. They've yeah. got families, too, but yeah. they are showing up to the hospital, to yeah. the firehouse, and um, doing what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, we've got Chief Pete DeMaria. He's the head of the Naples Fire Department mm-hmm. with us. And, Chief, we know you have had a long 24 hours First of all, you know, as we have been saying, the sun is just coming up, but are you able to assess the damage, the situation there in Naples? Uh, we were actually out last night doing an assessment uh, to see how bad it was. And uh, we still have a lot of floodwaters on the streets, a lot of horticultural debris down and, and a lot of vehicles and boats uh, that need to be tended to. Uh, they're still all over uh, the streets right now. And so we have a lot of work here in Naples to take care of the, what we need to. Chief, just uh, there was an image of you and your team at the firehouse, literally wading waist deep through water. You did an interview standing there in the water, and I watched some of your guys trying to get the trucks up and running. And there have already been rescues underway. Can you just tell us about a couple of those? Yeah, well, we made a a couple of rescues where we had to actually walk from the fire station about uh, two blocks to to rescue uh, a couple that was stuck in their house that was flooding rapidly. And our personnel, um, we were actually trapped in our station because the floodwaters came up so quickly. 
Uh, we have a great station here, but the bays were, are set low, and so they, they flooded our, our apparatus and, and the bay floors. And so our personnel took off on foot, and, and they went over and, and made the rescue and brought the uh, the people back to our station. And, and they're still sheltering here, uh, waiting to get the, to, to a safe place. Chief, the, uh, the flooding and the power outage is obviously going to be a, a major concern over the next few days. What, what are you looking for over the next 24, 48 hours? What are you most concerned about? Well, we're really concerned about uh, trying to serve our community and get back out on the streets and, and uh, take care of uh, everyone that needs our help. We had some calls waiting uh, last night as we were trying to uh, get out of the station, and we just could not get to some of the places because they're still flooded. So we're hoping today brings, a, at daylight, brings some, uh, some positive news that we're able to uh, get through the streets and get out and start uh, checking all of our neighborhoods, making sure our community is safe and uh, serving our community the way uh, we, we always have. And, uh, and, you know, if I could just give a message to tell people to hold tight in their communities and, and try to be safe. Uh, don't explore around the waters yet. Let's let's get us over there and uh, we'll, we'll do our best to uh, to get there as quick as possible. Yeah. Good message to end on. Uh, help them help you guys getting out there and doing that hard work. You mm-hmm. need all the help you can get from the community too. Naples Fire Chief Pete DiMaria, thank you very much for your time this morning, sir. Thank you. Yeah, Naples, one of the most beautiful places on earth. I used to live there. And when you look at it like that and you think of that fire chief and those guys just trying to save their city, it's really heroic. And the water come rushing in. You know, and I'm sure there will be a lot of people who want to you want to get out there. You want to see, okay, what happened. But they're saying sit tight. Let us do our jobs. Uh, When we come back this morning, we're going to have everything that you need to know ahead of what could be a very bad flu season. We've got the newest guidance on shots to protect your family. And what about that COVID booster? Should you get it at the same time? It's a question a lot of folks are asking. All right. But first, Katie Couric has got a message on the importance of those yearly mammograms as our friend reveals her own breast cancer diagnosis. The very personal story she's now sharing right after this. We are back. It is 741. We're back with In-Depth today on this morning, an important story that's really close to our hearts. Yeah. Every two minutes, a woman in this country is diagnosed with breast cancer. And yesterday, our friend and our former colleague, Katie Couric, revealed she is now one of them. And of course, Katie has been on the front lines of cancer awareness for decades. She lost her husband to cancer. And she's using her story now to urge all women to get checked and to advocate for themselves. Chanel is here with more on that. Hi, good morning. Good morning. As she battles breast cancer, Katie is turning her story into a cautionary tale in hopes of saving lives. She wants to educate women not only on the importance of screening, but also about something called dense breast tissue. It affects nearly half of women in this country, including Katie. And doctors say knowing you have it and how to ask for proper screenings could be life-saving. Former Today anchor Katie Couric has revealed that for the past several months, she's been privately battling cancer. Thank you all for your support. In an essay titled Why Not Me, the 65-year-old journalist says she was stunned by a stage one breast cancer diagnosis in June after missing her annual mammogram. I'm normally vigilant, bordering on neurotic about taking care of my health. I want to make sure that you all don't put off your mammograms. Katie is among nearly half of women over 40 in the U.S. who have dense breast tissue, which makes it more difficult to detect abnormalities on a mammogram and also increases your risk of breast cancer. Armed with this knowledge, her mammogram was followed by additional screening using an ultrasound. Doctors biopsied a mass. The next day, Katie received the shocking results. It's cancer. You're going to be fine, but we need to make a plan. I felt sick and the room started to spin. What does this mean? 
What will the next weeks, months, even years look like? This isn't the first time cancer has touched her life. Katie has long been an advocate for cancer awareness and screenings ever since her husband Jay was diagnosed with colon cancer and died of the disease at the age of 42. Words, of course, will never describe how devastating this loss has been. She famously underwent an on-air colonoscopy on Today to encourage others to get checked. As a result, screenings went up by 20 percent, some dubbing it the Couric effect. I have a pretty little colon. <laughs> she also lost her sister Emily to pancreatic cancer in 2001. The deaths of her loved ones prompting Katie to co-found Stand Up to Cancer. And I just realized I had to do something about this. But with no family history of breast cancer, her own diagnosis came as a particular shock. Katie's surgeon, Dr. Lisa Newman. More than three quarters of the breast cancers that we diagnose occur in women that do not have any established risk factors for breast cancer. Katie's cancer was caught early. She underwent a lumpectomy along with radiation and says she'll need to take medication for the next five years. It is wonderful that Katie has gone public with her experience and early detection of breast cancers will save millions of lives. Now, as she's done before, Katie is determined to shine a light once again on the importance of screening for cancer. Please get your annual mammogram. I was six months late this time. I shudder to think what might have happened if I had put it off longer. Just six months late. Here's what we know for sure. When we do stories like this, our hope is that one, a woman watching or maybe a family member, that we give you a little nudge yeah. to go ahead and get that I mean, checkup. That's what's most important. Six months is nothing. nothing. I mean, especially with COVID and people not Absolutely. going in for checkups. Yeah, and you know, you kind of think, yeah. oh, wouldn't I feel I, something? Yeah, like, or no. I did that. Yeah. She thought she did it. Yeah. She was like, yeah. oh, it's been that long? Really? So we're for a mammogram or any of those yeah, screening, absolutely. I actually made an appointment yesterday for a yearly physical I need. Yeah. And it's like, because you remember, yeah. like, oh, yeah, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm not going to put it off another day. Yeah. These kinds of stories save lives. Mm-hmm. And we're going to hear from Katie, that. too, right? Yes, she's going to join us on Monday. It'll be her first live interview since sharing her diagnosis. So it'll be good to see Katie and give her a hug. And, and obviously, she's got a really important message to share. We look forward to that. We're going to get another check of the weather from Bill Karens. He's in for Alan. Some people have been wondering during the storm, where is Al? Al happened to test positive for COVID. We're happy to say he's feeling yes. fine. Just mild symptoms. He's he, home. He's been sending us notes like he's, you know, <laughs> he wants to be here. He feels I well. I can only imagine a step count in his yeah. house, just like going back and forth. It's just like, you know, it's like, yeah. He's so engaged. He's yeah. injured, you know. Yeah. It's like, yeah. yeah. But uh, Al's helped us build an incredible weather team here at NBC News. And, uh, you know, we're getting you through this storm. And Al, we'll see you back here very soon. So concerns for today. The one thing I'm going to be watching is the storm surge. We have a storm surge warning still in effect for areas of northeast Florida. We're not done yet. Irma really surprised us with the storm surge in the Jacksonville area. And here's what we're going to watch. The St. John's River is one of the few rivers in our country that actually flows from south to north. So that water that's now falling in Orlando is going to trickle northwards up through the river. At the same time, we're going to see the storm surge coming in this afternoon at high tide about noon. This is all going to meet near Jacksonville. So we're going to have to watch that area closely for the possibility of the four to six feet of storm surge. Right now, they've already got a surge of about two feet. And that's your Thursday forecast. All right. Thank you, Bill. Up next, he did it. Home run history overnight. And we are going to hear from Yankee superstar Aaron Judge. First, his messages. 
At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product, services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. All right, it's today's Can't Miss. And gosh, finally, you know, I watched a couple of the games this weekend. And we wanted that 61st home run for Aaron Judge, and he got it. A big night. Was it ever a big night? Aaron Judge crushed his 61st home run. He matched the American League record. And another Yankee icon for the most in a single season. Tom Yamas is here with more on the milestone. Hey, Tom. Hey, guys, good morning to you. He's the biggest thing in baseball. And last night, Aaron Judge reached legend status. How's this for a coincidence? It's been 61 years since an American League player has hit 61 homers in a single season. And this morning, you won't believe what happened to that home run ball and how much it's now worth. With that blast, Aaron Judge rounding the bases and entering the history books, equaling Roger Maris's American League record, 61 home runs in a single season, a mark set more than six decades ago. Judge crushing a sinker and sending a line drive into the left field seats against the Toronto Blue Jays. His mother, Patty, watching with Roger Maris Jr., celebrating the moment in the stands together. You know, and getting a chance to be, you know, associated with, you know, one of the Yankee greats, you know, one of baseball's greats, you know, be enshrined with him forever is, words can't describe it. One unlucky fan just barely missing his chance to take a priceless piece of baseball history home. The towering outfielder, number 99, under so much pressure to reach the milestone, showing how he thrives under New York's bright spotlight. The fans make you a better player? Oh, definitely. You know, this place is packed out. They're loud. They're screaming. They expect you to win. But winning, not batting titles, Judge told me, is what matters. You know, the minute you start getting caught up in numbers is, you know, the minute you're not a team player anymore. You know, and I try to focus on being a team player. His numbers, eye-popping. Judge on pace to win the elusive Triple Crown, leading the league in batting average, RBIs, and home runs. Only three players have ever hit more homers in a single season, all of them tainted by alleged steroid use. Judge tied the legendary Babe Ruth with 60 on September 20th, only to see the world watch every pitch, fans cheering his every swing. Now, with this homer, that pressure lifted. Judge etching his name into baseball glory. There was a lot of emotions. You know, it took me a little longer than I wanted to. 
So beautiful to watch that. With seven games left in the Yankees' regular season, there's a decent chance Judge could surpass Maris and also win that coveted Triple Crown. Without a doubt, we're watching one of the greatest hitters having one of the greatest seasons of all time. By the way, in case you're wondering about what happened to that ball, look at this. Judge got it back, gifted it to his number one fan, his mom, Patty. Real quick, the fan who dropped it, the Blue Jays grabbed it. They started passing it around. They finally gave it to the Yankees. It's worth somewhere between $200,000 to $2 million. Yeah. But that mom's got it. Mama it's mom's got it. got it. She deserves cool. it. Yeah. All right. Well, coming up, we'll be back. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley, in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.